And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, it is March 20th, Saturday. We just had a UFC. This is the day that Einstein actually presented his theory of relativity just as we had Ah, James says Grant Dawson did the same thing to Leandro Santos. He presented him with his theory of relativity. I don't care if you're winning the rounds. I will finish you with the last second of the fight coming up. Josh Dawson, we had some good fights. We had some really great performances by certain people. And then we had a main event where we had my man Kevin Holland talking throughout the entire thing, but not really performing like a fighter needs to perform. He needs to grow up. I love the guy. He's fantastic. But what's wrong with him? Talk to me, brother. Uh, I think there's a couple things wrong with him. I think he's enjoying what he does so much that he just loses track of the fact that this is still a fight. And, and as we have said for, I have said forever, and you have actually agreed with me on this, is that winning solves everything. And so now you are not winning anymore. And so that makes it hard for the promotion to do things for you. So it's best for you to get back on the winning track. And tonight's performance was you let the fun of what your job is go ahead of the, the ultimate end game, which is winning. And so, and, and it just showed it was, he, he got complacent in just terms of like, he was out there to be an entertainer, but being the entertainer is only good when you're winning. And that's, and that's what people look at it. Like, look, as much as Conor McGregor is an entertainer. Okay. He lost his last fight, you know, and they st- the market will start to drop a little bit for certain people when it happens. He's an entertainer. There's no doubt about it. Kevin Holland is an entertainer, but he's got to make sure that he um, doesn't forget what the end goal is. The end goal is to always win. I totally agree with you. I, let me ask you this, because there was, there was something going on that I was really shocked by. And that is, you know, he's got a very good corner. He's got a guy in Travis who. Travis Luter, who has been there, done that. He's been on, you know, the side of being the fighter. When you have a fighter who is talking throughout the break to Habib, who's, you know, sitting there watching the fight, not listening to anything, just running his mouth, having a good time. Don't you think it's time to say, hey, pull your, pull your head out and start to listen because you didn't do well in that round and we need to start bringing this fight back our way. Um, I think, I think there is a lot of responsibility on the coaches in the corner to do that, but you also have to remember that he's had a lot of success, um, doing what he's doing. And so maybe his corners or his coaches and corners just thought he still got time. He still has plenty of time. He just didn't let, he just, at the end when he walked away with tw- like 12 seconds left and I'm thinking to myself, 12 seconds, like, like Grant Dawson, Grant proved, Dawson. Is is a is enough it time? It could be to get an eternity. Yes. So I just yeah, he wasted that element or that opportunity to try and get a finish to to walk away and kind of like show off a little bit. And and I think people are going to be more, um, they're going to probably be more upset. Like oh, this guy is acting like a clown now. He's just not. This isn't being. He's not being serious. He's not taking the sport serious anymore. He's just trying to get people to see him and recognize him. And the end, like I said, the end goal is always to win. And that didn't seem like that was his end goal tonight. I, I would 
just totally agree with you on the whole thing is that I love watching him because he's having fun. Mm -hmm. I watch him as he's walking into the apex center and he's dancing and listening. Great. You're having fun. He was walking out. He's stripping himself down long before he has to, because he's dancing and moving. He's having fun. That's all awesome. I love that about you. And that's what makes me want to watch you, but you've got to, you've got to get in those situations. He did a lot of things during the fight. In my opinion, they were really slick. that got him out of situations. So why, if you had all of this energy and by the end of the fight, you're able to still talk and you're able to sit there and you have so much left in the gas tank. What are you doing, man? You gotta, you gotta burn that gas during the fight. If it's sitting there yeah. in the tank and all the time's gone, it was, it's, you know, you can't use it. This is your opportunity to put yourself in that position to be talked about in the top contenders in the middleweight division. And you just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, John, it's, it's just disappointing. I think as I think if you're Dana white and you're Khabib and you're anybody else that was sitting case side watching this and you're, and they're probably in their mind thinking this is what he does for the first two rounds. But then by the third round, they're like, okay, look, you got to stop. stop. You, yeah. you got you to start focusing on getting the win. Yeah. Cause right now you're down two rounds to none, yep. you know? Um, the second round, I, I could have potentially seen them giving it to him because he did rock Brunson pretty bad. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of activity once Derek yeah, got but, on top either. But then Derek, but Derek yeah. also had the side choke. Exactly. Side choke, right? He brought it back with the choke because it yeah. was as close as what the the shot was. So yeah, so I, yeah, it really just comes down to I I saw either someone who just didn't care about the win and only cared about being an entertainer, or just someone who really lacks a lot like really lacks fight IQ just completely lacks it because even though, even though while they were fighting, he just was still, he was reaching and lunging and wasn't utilizing his length and his reach um, the best he could have. He was jumping into things and putting himself into the body lock and the, and the, and the takedown positions. And he, he was so okay with letting Derek Brunson just shuck the arm by and get to his back every time. And I'm like, this is, this is not how you win fights. No, it's this, basic. this was, yeah, it was just so basic, all the little things, you know? And then the other thing as well is no sense of urgency to get up off your back. Like they, I was listening to one of the commentators say, you know, he's locked in the body triangle. He the did body it all triangle the time. When you're, yeah. The body triangle is a position to hold yourself there. That's it. Like you're not, you're not hitting any submissions from that position. No, you know I mean? Out, outside of maybe the one that uh, AJ McKee got, on uh darren caldwell i could have potentially have seen him try to do that but he it was never even like a thought process and there was it never even flashed his mind i don't think he just was down there talking you know open palm striking and he was comfortable just wasting minutes and time like letting the time go by as he was losing the fight so i think people are going to start to look at him and i think a lot of people are going to probably comment to him or media is going to talk about the fact that he really is just now just trying to be a uh, entertainer and he's not trying to really be a fighter. And so that's the hard part. I think as a promoter from Dana White's position, he's like, look, I love that you talk. I love that you dance. I love all those things. Okay. But we're out here, you're going to be out here to win fights. And if you're not out here, out here to really care about winning fights, but I'm not interested. Why, why should I, why, yeah. why should I match you up against any of my top guys? No, I'm not going to waste it. My top guys, in the top five or top eight, top 10, whatever. There are guys that 
they're going to go out on their shield trying to get that finish. Well, I didn't see that tonight out of Kevin Holt. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I, like I said, I love watching the guy. I have to give it to Derek Brunson because he had a workmanlike effort tonight. He got tired. Yeah. You could tell oh, he man, was tired. Was awesome. And he yeah. worked his way through it, even though he was tired, which just shows a level of maturity, a level of fighter IQ. And, you know, when he got hurt, he grabbed hold right away. He closed the, that gap. He didn't allow those punches to continue on. He did a lot of really good things and you got to give him credit. You know, that was a tough fight for a lot of the stand-up area. He was eating some shots when he would get it to the ground. He did really well at times. You know, he tried that, the, the, the arm triangle choke and you, he actually went to an arm triangle. You know, a lot of times we'll sit yeah. there and call an arm triangle, even though it's a head and arm choke, but he actually went to the arm triangle, just trying to relax his arms. And it was a very nice move that Kevin Holland did when he got out, but he did a lot of good things and he was having one of those nights in my opinion where he wasn't his best he he didn't feel yeah. it he was having problems he was getting tired he was having those heavy legs heavy arms but he worked his way through it so hats off to him that's that's one of those wins that didn't come easy but you know what you gutted your way through it and you just worked your ass off and so you got to give him credit he looks so slow tonight yeah i think it was cuz you know it was one of those nights where just from the opening of the fight, it just started to you know, be one of those. He was tight. He just didn't feel it. And you know those nights where everything is working for you. And then yeah. there are those nights where you feel like, I want to be anywhere but here because I just, I feel slow. I feel like when I shoot out my jab, it, it's a war. Yeah. Forever to you know, go out and come back. So, Yeah, I, I look at, like, I had a fight like that, too, with uh, KJ Noons everything just felt heavy and I just felt so out of shape. And I know I wasn't out of shape, but it was exactly kind of, I think what Derek Brunson was going through tonight where he just, he looked like he just was a little bit slower, but then on top of that, like everything seemed a little lethargic tonight, even his explosiveness on his takedowns, they weren't there. There was a lot of things. Kicks didn't come out as, as good as they normally do. There was a lot of things that just, I feel like I almost feel like he's kind of put on a little bit of extra muscle and, and he, he's not he's not as ex- fast and as explosive as he used to be. Don't get me wrong. He's still really good. We saw he's still really good. Even when you have a shitty night like he like, like we kind of said, like, he didn't have a great night, but it was stable, still able to get the win. And that's all that matters. Because like, like I said, that's the whole thing we talk about all the time. Look, you're going to have those nights yeah. that you know what? It's just not you're not feeling it. It's not good. But you still go out there and find a way to bring home the win. That's what he did, and that's that's what, you know, guys that are searching for championships, that's what they have to do. You're going to have that night. You're going to have that fight where, you know what, it, it just doesn't feel good, but you still work your way into that win, and that's what he did tonight. Yeah, yeah, I tip my hat off to him. I mean, you know, no. it wasn't his performance that he wanted, but no. it was uh, it was definitely good. It was definitely good. Um, your boy Max Griffin did it, did it spectacularly. Ooh. Fabulous, fabulous fight. Um, he leaves himself open. I'm just critiquing him. I'm literally yeah, just he does. He is open, but that's what makes straws. him exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just splitting straws. I'm really just poking. I'm like, I'm trying to pick something apart from him. But he leaves himself open a little bit when he throws. But uh, but it, like you said, it's what makes him fun, you know. So he's gonna have to get a little bit more tight defensively. Um, but I thought he looked. I thought he looked phenomenal. He looked good. Yeah, and I love this call out of Jeff Neal. You want to talk mm-hmm. about? You know, he wants to fight in Houston against Jeff Neal. 
that's a tough fight because Jeff Neal's got hammers in his hands. So that would be fun. Someone's going to go to sleep because Max Griffin, again, showed he's got power. The guy's got a, a super good engine, man. He's got a big gas tank. He's fun to watch. I thought he performed just fantastic against a guy that was known as, this is the guy that supposedly has all the power. That's all they talked about. They didn't talk about Max Griffin's power at all. So yeah, he, he looked really good. He ended that fight quickly. All right. So what's the, is this girl's last name Ruiz or is it Conjones or uh, <laughs> what was her name? It Conjones. was anyways. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyways, Conejo, Conejo was the, is Canejo. actually the nick. Sorry. That's the nickname. Her real name is Ruiz, last name, Montserrat Ruiz, but I think they were calling her uh -huh. Conejo on the broadcast. Yeah, they were. Um, okay, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, about the, um, about the scoring. How do you score a fight like this where there's not a whole lot of activity from the top? You know, she was trying to threaten the submission, but there was not really much going on. The other girl wasn't able really to escape either. Like, how do you score a fight like that? Well, it was, it, it, that, to me, that was a simple fight to score when you're looking at it. Because as soon as, you know, Ruiz gets basically to what is, a, is really, a, we call it Kezakatami. Some people call, call it a scarf hold at times, but it's Kezakatami. And she's got that arm and she sucked that arm so far up. It's tough to get to her back. And you see that, you know, the whole time, you know, I know it's Bayes the way it looks like by, but Bayes is trying to, you know, hook the leg, can't do it. And she's taking mm -hmm. shots, you know, for people that are looking at it, the yeah. one thing they want to think about is when you're looking at punches, punches are not all the same. This is where people really get confused when it comes to judging, because, you know, everything I, I go by one, two, three, fours, and fives. All right. A one is when you have just one digit or, you know, that point where you have your wrist or some type of joint that moves and hits. And you'll see people a lot, a lot of times, you know, they're, they're doing this little tiny, you know, shot that's irritating. It doesn't hurt you, but it irritates you. And sometimes it'll make you move a little bit and it try and they're trying to say, well, I'm busy. That's your one. Two is when it goes from the elbow through the wrist and you see that elbow being the the actuation part of the punch that's going to be your two when it's three then it's your show your whole shoulder you can actually move your entire arm you're moving your upper arm all the way through that's going to be your three the four is when now you are actually actuating your hips in a fashion towards throwing and you're getting that little bit of torque and five is when you're on your feet and you're throwing and you're using the ground to push off of which gives you power and you're talking that's a heavy strike makes yeah. sense so a lot yeah. of what you were seeing with what ruiz is doing is she's giving sometimes the twos sometimes threes but mostly twos that are little tiny irritating shots they'll add up but it only takes one good shot in the judge's mind to kind of even things out but she controlled the position she controlled uh where Bayes was going to be able to be at she did land a ton of shots compared to Bayes. Now, when they were in the stand-up, Bayes was doing well, but she wasn't in the stand-up long enough to be able to create the damage that she wanted, except kind of, you know, the third round, she stayed up for a little bit and was doing well and then ended up back in the same position. And again, I thought the commentators are right. And what they're saying is, look, when, when you know what someone's going to go to and they keep, can 
keep on going back to it and hit it again and again, you know, that means they're pretty good at it. And she is obviously yeah. she's pretty good at, you know, a head and arm for whatever reason, female fighters as a whole. And it started kind of, you know, when you're, when they were watching Ronda Rousey, Ronda would go for that head and arm and she would do some throws off of that. Women fighters grab the head way too often and allow things to happen from that position where men tend to underhook and, you know, pummel in positions. Women tend to grab across the head and a lot of them have not figured out how to combat that. It's mm. not a hard, you know, tell me, do you want someone to grab your head if you're fighting? Yes, most of the time because it's not a good mm. position for them to be in. But she's good at it. Bays was not able to stop it. And uh, the scoring was, it was accurate. And, you know, she lost the fight. There was no doubt about it. There was, you know, when you're talking about the striking, the grappling itself, you know, how much of the fight took place on the ground? Well, a ton of it. So who won the grappling? Well, there was no doubt who won the grappling. Ruiz won the grappling easily. She also, you know, won the striking element because she was landing more shots during that grappling. But when it got to the feet, the heavier shots were being landed by Bays, which makes up a lot of space. But then as soon as she gets taken back to the ground, now it's grappling heavy and it goes right back to Ruiz. So I thought the, you know, the scores were right. Got it. I just wasn't sure how you would score it. Cause like you said, the little tiny shots and then mixed in with like, sure. She was in the dominant position, but not very active. So, yeah. you know, uh, um, Giannis looked absolutely oh. fa fantastic. Just fight IQ through the roof, stayed calm, composed, very tight technique, like just very small, subtle movements, the head movement and throwing yep. right off the quick hands. Oh, even if he didn't think he was going to land the three punch, he would throw three punches. So if he missed the one, he'd throw two. If he touched a little bit on two, he'd finish. He went to three. three. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and that, that is the difference between a striker who is just okay with in the, in the MMA, you'll find a lot of strikers just throw ones and twos. Very rarely do they throw threes and fours. And the ones that throw threes and fours have a lot more knockouts on their record, as well as they have a lot more success in landing the cleaner, harder shots. Because for a while, when I, even when I was younger, when I was first coming up, I thought like if I stayed in the pocket too long, there was a good chance I was going to get hit back and I was trying not to get hit. And so you, you, I had to start forcing myself to throw the third and the fourth punch. Yeah. The, the real, I think one of the big differences between the two, because I thought Lopez had some power at times, and he landed some yeah. shots at times. The big difference, you know, you, you know how guys will get into they they have their set patterns as they're in their stand up, and their movement is a pattern based movement, and they'll they'll do the same feint, you know, and they'll do the you know, then they'll they'll hit their second feint, and then they'll go back to their first feint. Giannis had about six progressions of different things that he would give as looks. He would bring his hands up in different ways, but he would move his feet in a different way each time that set him off in a different angle. He would lean his head in and out. He just gave Lopez so many looks that Lopez was confused and guessing. When he was making his attacks, it was like uh, in a rush, he would go out and try to you know land the shots. And that's what gives Giannis his ability to counter-strike the way he does because he's setting you up and he's forcing you into that, making that lunge and he's waiting for it. And as soon as you do, here comes the counter and he's landing it, man. He looked really sharp. Yeah. I thought he did everything really well. Um, I'm excited to see who they end up giving him next though. 
Yeah. I've been, I'm, I'm excited because he he looked clean. He looked like a seasoned veteran in there, and he looked like someone that could have could have, end up having a lot of success in the UFC. Oh, um, Tuavasa. I mean, he made short, <laughs> quick work of the fight. But I mean, what's not to like about him? He throws heavy leather. He takes shots, gives shots, and he's just fun. He's he's like one of those. He he is what I think Kevin Holland should be trying to be. You know what I mean? Like he's fun, entertaining. He, you know, he has that good side to him. I mean, obviously Kevin Holland has a different style of body yeah. and fights and all those other things, the way he fights. But I'm saying like, if you're talking about where you want to be entertaining and you want to be and, and have a story behind you, you like to talk during your fights, you like to drink out of a shoe, whatever it is. Okay. I, that's how you do it though. You do it by going in there and trying to always get the win and knocking still people doing out. the, what you yeah, knocking people out and doing what you do. And so I think um, I just hope Kevin Holland wakes up tomorrow and just realizes like he kind of let the fight slip away with certain things he did. But two of also, though, there was never a moment in that fight. I mean, he got hit with he got hit with one or two good, really hard shots. But uh, right at the beginning, shook it off, walked it down right at the beginning. Yeah. Very impressive performance. Though. But as soon as, he, as soon as he hit that low calf kick the first time you go, uh oh, yeah, his opponent was like, ow, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you look. Oh, this is not gonna be good. Uh, you got that tree tree trunk foot. Feet. Oh, tree, that's it. You know, he's got. You know, it may be a size 13, 14, but it's about a size twenty across. It's a big old yeah. foot with a big old dude behind him, man. You know, Tuivasa. He's fun. He's exactly what you said. He comes to fight. He tries. He yeah. tries. To, he's good. He's gonna go out there, and he's either gonna put you out or he's gonna go out on his shield, and. That's why, you know, he, he'll always be entertaining to watch and fun. And that was, that was a, uh, a one-sided fight quickly. Yeah. I thought, I thought Hunsaker got his, got his licks in in the first five seconds or so. And then it was all from there for him. Yep. Happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get right to Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson, I had him losing the fight. You were telling me that the scorecards had him winning the fight. I had him losing the fight. And he was able to stand over the top. Didn't waste one second like we saw with Kevin Holland at the end of the first or the end of the fifth round. He's just walking away with 10 seconds or 12 seconds left to try to potentially get a finish, a flying knee or or whatever, a push kick to the face, something that may end up winning him the fight. He didn't take advantage of that situation. Grant Dawson didn't let one second slip away. He decided to do it at, with one second left in the third round. He finishes with a KO, standing over his opponent. Nice, vicious ground and pound. Beautiful job. Huge hammer fist, man. Huge. And, and the, the thing you got to love about his performance was, you know, James Krause is basically telling him, hey, you're losing. Now, he wasn't on the scorecard, supposedly, but, you know, I, I was agreeing with James Krause. I thought he was actually losing. I thought he was behind in the fight. And, hey, you got to go out there and you got to finish this guy. And he went out there to finish his opponent. He was putting pressure on him. He was making his opponent have to work. And when he got the opportunity, you know, most people are not going to think that hammer fists are that strong. I can oh. tell you, and so can you, hammer fists are one of the hardest strikes there is in MMA. We did a whole study about elbows and punches. Hammer fists were the hardest strike with the arm, hand type of things. Harder than, you know, they had, they carried more energy, more you know, pounds per square inch than the elbows than everything. Hammer fists are huge. 
when yeah. they hit you square, man, they can definitely put you out. And that's what happened. Leandro got hit by one, kind of stunned him, got hit by the second one. He was out. The out. third one knocked his mouthpiece across the cage. You know, that was, that's what happens. But I look at Grant Dawson, man, way to go, dude. That's yeah. what a fighter does. He goes out and says, give me every second and I'm going to go for the win until you stop me. And that's what he did. And man, I hope he gets the $50,000 just based upon the fact that he yeah. did that in the last second. Yeah, it was some good stuff. Um, anything else on the card you want to talk about? Yeah, I really, you know, I thought that the the women, Macy and uh, Marion, you know, Renault, I thought they went out and put on a hell of a fight. They I did. thought that Renault showed how tough she is, man. Her nose got crunched in that thing for, and it was at the second round, I think it happened, but Macy looked good. She used her length really well. At times, she kind of got away from it, let things, she would actually crush her space. She was the one making the mistake of not giving herself the space she needed at times, but she came back, set herself back, readjusted. I thought just they both really went after the fight, and I enjoyed the fact that they were both fighting so hard. Yeah, it was a very entertaining fight. Um, the fact that they were just they were they were just coming forward. And I think the like you said, the broken nose really changed the dynamic of a fight. Yeah, and 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 that it, that that happens like a big nasty cut or broken nose or broken orbital. Those will change the dynamic of how anything happens in the rest of the fight. Because the fighter, even though you're you want to say don't think about it, that's, that's it's on your mind the whole. Easy time. to say. There's just nothing yeah. you can do. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's way easy to say, but de definitely a great performance by both ladies. Yeah. Um, what what else we got there? Uh, the coming event had fallen off due to COVID, and that was uh, Gregor Gillespie yeah. and Brad Riddle. That's one that we missed tonight. That was one we were looking forward to, but what are you gonna do? You know, that's that's part of life right now, and it's no one's fault. And I wish we had seen the fight, but we'll see it again. Cool. They'll, they'll they'll rebook it. Yeah, they said it's just going to be delayed. It must have been. I wonder if it sounded like it was from somebody else's corner, probably someone in probably. the corner. So if they're just saying they're just going to reschedule it for a later date, so it's probably just somebody from the corner. Yep. But yeah, I was very, I was very excited for that fight. You were very excited for that fight as well. I thought it was going to be a, it, just the matchup wise, you know, with what Gregor does with his wrestling and coming off of the loss that he had. And knowing Riddell and the way that he fights and goes after people, it just seemed like it was going to be a really good contest between the two. So I'm glad they're going to rebook it. What else, Dave? Let's jump into weighing in on the odds for the upcoming UFC. Oh, look at those. Holy moly. Um, Francis Ngannou is that, the favorite. <laughs> oh, man. No one gives Stipe any respect. Mm -hmm. Do they not know that he already beat that man? Yeah, <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a ton of hate. People think that I hate Stipe. I don't hate. I know. Him. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually. It's just hard. It's hard because it's hard. He, he does everything so well, but he doesn't do anything impressively. Like it's impressive that he does it to the people that are good. You know, like he does it. Like, it it's impressive that he was able to get takedowns against DC. That's like, so, but like I said, he doesn't do anything, any one thing that is great, but that's what makes him a great fighter. You know, like it's, it's, 
like George St. Pierre wasn't the best stand-up guy. He was great. He was good, but he wasn't the best. No, he also he was great. wasn't he wasn't the best wrestler, but he but he made it work to his style and it worked very well. And he just became really damn good at wrestling. Like the fact that he was able to mix it all together really well. Stipe is like that. Got he's a true mixed martial artist. He's good boxing. He, you know, he hits the, he rips the body like he did against DC. He does a lot of great things, you know. And so um, but he's not great in any one area. He's good all the way around. And that's what makes him so great. And that's what makes him such a good fighter. Um, Francis Ngano, he's got the one, the the one hot, he could just pop you and it could be uh, over. Lights out. I just I just got um, the equalizer. Yeah, but has he, but here's the question, John, has he learned enough or developed enough takedown defense? Because you know, that's what Steve is going to go to do. He's going to go to that and he's going to go to that early and often. I could see this being a little bit like, I don't know if you guys recall, if you guys recall the Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, the second fight, there was moments in the beginning of the second and in the first round. Where Kane and even the beginning of the second round, yep. Kane was chasing Junior around like on his hands and knees, trying to get takedowns because he didn't want to get hit by him. Yep. But then, but then Junior got so tired, Kane didn't have to worry about getting the takedowns. All he had to do was just press him to the fence and dirty box him, give him the Randy Couture treatment, and that's kind of where the fight ended up just taking place. Pretty much the whole fight, there was moments where they separated. Kane landed some more clean shots, and he went right back to into the clinch and pressing Junior to the fence. Stipe, I could see Stipe maybe fighting that style where he's chasing around on, on a takedown early to avoid that initial first round explosiveness of Francis Ngannou and trying to slow him down um, in his speed and his power, trying to kind of tamper that a little bit going into the second, maybe into the third round. That's it. I I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound negative, but Stipe, like, he, I was really so watching something. Now I was watching something where he he's like, hey, he's used to being the underdog. I mean, I had him being the underdog, you know, every time he fought DC and he beat DC twice. I had him, I had him the underdog almost all of his fights, you know. And I guess you would, I would learn like not to vote, like not to to bet against him. But this is hard because Francis looks so good. I don't well, know. I, I, it's a toss up for me. Here, here, here's my take on on the fight. First off. I do know that Francis is a different fighter now. And I do know based upon the people that he's been working out with uh, at extreme couture, his wrestling is way better than it was when he first fought Stipe. Now, does that mean that Stipe can't take him down? No, that doesn't mean that he, he can't, but it, it does mean he's going to have to work harder for those takedowns, or he's going to have to shoot them at, a precise time that's going to make it to where he doesn't have to work so hard against a guy who physically is bigger and stronger than Stipe is. You know, that's not putting Stipe down. I love him. He he's one of my favorite guys, but he's, he's in for a hard fight here because he's got a guy that can put anybody out with one shot. He's proven that too many times. He did it with Kane. Basically he did it with, uh, Rosenstruck. Jorginho, uh, he just, Overeem. Yeah, oh God, he almost took Overeem's head off. Now the one, the one thing that, you know, people are going to say, and I, I've, I've heard it from both is people talk about, well, you know, take a look at who Stipe has fought and they were all near the end of their career. 
and you look and you go, all right, I'll, I'll give you some of them. Yeah. You know, if you want to look when he, when he fought Daniel, Daniel was near the end of his career. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. But he beat him twice in three in you know, three fights beat him the last two times. And definitely in the second one, put on just a hell of a performance after taking a lot of damage in the first couple rounds and then finding, you know, a, uh, law in what daniel was doing going to the body hitting the liver multiple times just showed a good fight iq showed how smart he is inside of the cage a lot of people looking you know they both fought alistair and they both beat alistair you know different ways of beating him but if you're gonna look and you say as this fight's going on the real question is what's going to be going through ningano's mind if it does go out of the first round because if you look in Ngano's record most of his wins they're in the first round most of his fights go in the first round I mean it's a list of first round first round first round first round he's got the he's got his two losses if you look the one against Derek Lewis that went the distance that was one of the worst fights of all time when you're talking about no, it was it was the worst fight ever <laughs> because you're talking about two guys that you know can fight and you enjoy watching and it, they just stunk up the place because they respected each other too much. Yeah, so that one went the distance. The fight he had before that, which was his second loss of all time, was Stipe, and that went the distance. But most of his fights, you know, if, if he's getting out of the second, you know, the first round, that's when you start to worry about Francis. Curtis Blades got him into the second round, but Francis ended up knocking him out. The real question for me is... His brain, his mind, his thought pattern, if Stipe can get through the first round. If Stipe can get through the second round, I'm telling you, I think Stipe is going to win. Yeah. If if this is an early stoppage, obviously I'm going to go with Nagano. But uh, the fact that he's a you know, minus 125 compared to minus 105, it's a slight, okay, slight. Yeah. He's a slight favorite in the in the fight. But I do think that that kind of gives Stipe what he needs because Stipe, in my opinion, is similar to a Randy Couture. No one ever picked Randy to win any of his fights, man. Yeah. He was always going to lose. There was, there was always, they were always setting him up to lose, and he always made him look stupid. And so yeah. I look at Stipe and I go, man, he's done it before. He could do it again. You know, so I, I look and say, this is going to be a good matchup. I uh, I do think that Stipe is better than he was when he fought Ningano the first time. I know Ningano is better than he was when he fought Stipe the first time. My real question is, if Stipe walks into that cage like he did against Cormier, somewhere in the 230-pound range, it kind of scares me when he's facing Ningano. He needs a little bit more weight for the strength. Oh. I know. Normally, I, I say I like, I, I like the lighter guy. No, I, I, I feel you. But I think the lighter guy, though, was going to have a, be able to put a faster pace on Ngannou and then get him to tire out a little bit sooner. He has leaned out a lot. We had talked about him leaning out. He mm -hmm. knew that leaning out would be the his his game changer against heavyweights. Yeah, he's got all the tools. So now he's just got to come in. I, I like the I think I like the idea of him coming in a little bit lighter. I just don't. I, it really just comes down to it's the first round. He's got to survive the first round and a half. Give me, give me, give me eight, nine minutes. 
And I think he'll be fine. After yeah. that, the longer oh, yeah. this fight goes, you said that already. The yeah. longer the fight goes, I it favors Stipe. Yeah. So if, if you're looking at like, what, what is it? The over under is a round and a half. Exactly. So, you know, it's like the over is at one and a half of the under. So it's like, it kind of makes sense. I'd go, I'd go Steve. I'd probably go Stipe, you know, on the over if I was. Oh, yeah, like, all day long. If you want to go under, you're going to Ghana. You want to go over, you're going yep. Stipe. That's just the way. Yeah. It is. But I, I, yep, I, I exactly. hope Stipe comes in somewhere 235, 240. That's his weight. He does that. I think he's prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, I think he will. I think he'll come in. He looks, he looks good. He looked physically looked really good against uh, DC in his last he fight. He came in lean, came in lean, looked good. Nope. Um, to, do, just to clear this up, did Brian Ortega and Volkanovsky fall off? Yes. It is gone. Okay. Vol- Volkanovsky's, and I'm not saying who, again, supposedly COVID-related, uh, that fight is off. They are going to reschedule uh, it. Uh, no, broke my heart. I wanted to see that fight so bad. Jeez, man. I'm just that crushed sucks. that I'm not going to be able to see that one on that card because that was the one that I was really looking forward to. That sucks. Yeah, so um, if you guys are checking out, what's that? So I was going to say, it sucks for Volkanovski because he said that he tested negative before he left. He tested negative before he entered the bubble and then he just tested positive inside. So, um, you know, it really sucks that he kind of, he followed protocol the whole way and then as soon as he landed. Well, yeah, because he's got now, because for him to go back home, right? Isn't it like a 40-day quarantine or 20-day quarantine for him? 50 days, yeah. Is he got the same as what Hooker had in New Zealand? Hooker had. Hooker 56 had 56 days. days. Jesus, man. That's ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you guys want to check out the the, the bets and and go on the rest of the betting card, go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. Um, what else did you got for us there, Dave? Uh, so it was just announced that uh, Oliveira will take on Chandler for the vacant 155 title, and that coincides with the news that Khabib is retired officially. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Talk I got a couple goose. things. <laughs> Go ahead, let's hear it. Does do, why 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 would why would Dustin do it? Why? It's just like, well, why Why go ahead and let those two guys fight for the title when it should be you? And I know the Conor McGregor fight is a big money fight. I get it. There but you ha- go. But having a title, but having the title. Getting title money, man. He's title money, though. He's- I would imagine he's, yeah, he's getting title money. I get it. Yeah. But let, let's just say you lose to Conor. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think he's got a great chance of beating Chandler or, uh, or Oliveira. Like more so, more so Oliveira. I think he has a harder time with Chandler than he does, uh, than he does with Oliveira. But I guess, I guess he he sees something. He knows something with the Connor thing. He had a lot of success, obviously, with the leg kicks. I think Connor's going to come up with a little bit of a solution for that. We'll, we'll see if he can actually do it. Though it's hard to change your style. You know, he's always had that wide stance. Yeah, but, uh, but now he does switch where he never switched yeah. before. So that's going to help him. If you're looking, let's let's look let's look at this in a systematic fashion, breaking this down. All right, and I'm just being honest when I'm looking at it. Chandler has fought several people that are like Charles Oliveira. He has. Uh, Goichi Yamauchi is 
is absolutely as good on the ground as Charles is. Slick in his submissions. Mm-hmm. And Chandler spent most of that fight with him on the ground, taking away every everything that he was trying and just beating him up. Because I've said it before, there's certain guys that are almost unsubmittable. No one is can you know in that position oh he can't be submitted no one is that but i've seen chandler in too many positions where you would say that submission is going to work and he's gotten himself out he's worked his way through it and then turned it on and and stopped his opponent he he is super tough he's never going to tap when it comes to a submission so Oliveira is going to be in that position similar to what he had with tony ferguson if he does get something better break it because the guy's not going to tap. So make the referee have to stop it. But I just don't see that he's going to have that ability against Chandler. And if there's one thing that I will say about Oliveira is he has shown that he's super fast in the start, but so is Chandler. That's where they, they kind of match up well as far as the way they start off. And he's the same as Chandler in that he kind of tends to gas and slow down in the fight as the fight goes on. Not that he's, you know, can't make it through it. He can. It's just that his production starts to slow down. So strength-wise, speed-wise, speed-wise, I think they're close. Power-wise, there's no comparison. Chandler's more powerful. Better wrestler by far is going to be Chandler. Better submission guy is going to be Oliveira. So it's a great matchup when you're looking at him. I just look and say, this is going to be Michael Chandler's fight. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to agree with you. You know, it, the power, the power is going to be the, the, the equalizer yep. where he's got to avoid Michael Chandler touching his chin. Yep. And I, I don't, I don't know if he can do that. I, I just, I don't, I don't think, he I can. don't think his, no, I don't think he can. I think his body frame and his structure of his body, he, Chandler, he's a powerhouse. He's going to, he's going to throw things. That's going to be able to get through Charles Oliveira's guard. Even if Charles Oliveira is to cover, it's going to hurt still. Yep. Even if Charles covers, yeah. it's going to hurt. And so the style in which Chandler also has been switching his stance and changing punches coming from different angles, he's going to get through. And I think we saw with the hooker, we've seen before with other people as well. He doesn't even really need to hit you clean. He just needs to touch you just, just a little bit, you know, and people are waking up face down, ass up. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just, it's, it's true. Look, I, Charles Oliveira is good, and I have to agree with you. I don't think that Charles Oliveira is going to be able to submit him. I, I, I don't. I haven't seen. I've seen people get close to Chandler on submitting him, yep. but he fights through it every single time. And the strength factor as well is going to be be in there too. You're not going to out muscle Chandler in a submission position. You're going to have to hit him with some technique and slide into something. Which really Oliveira deep. has? Yes, he can. He's got great, yeah, but great just, technique. You just can't expect like here. The example would be like if he swung for that arm bar on Michael Chandler, like he did on Tony, Michael Chandler's just gonna curl him, okay, and bring him back to his body to grab his own hand. Tony was not isn't gonna be able to do that, you know. And so, like Chandler is just he, you gotta take away all of these all the strength submissions. Kimura's that's gone. No, out out the door. Um, yeah, arm bar. I don't think you're gonna get that one either because Chandler, even though he's 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 strong and powerful. His arms are they're kind of seem long, 
and explosive, but he's, I think, physically strong enough to where he just, it'd be hard for him to get to that position on Chandler without Chandler getting back to his knees and like being able to, to elevate to him up. out and escape, elevate him up and get him stacked, whatever it is. So I think, and then the neck, absolutely not. What neck are you going to get after? There is no fucking neck on Michael Chandler. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. I get the rear, I, and, he, and one thing Chandler does very well is when you get to his back, He's very good at keeping his chin tucked and he's very good at hand fighting. And then he does that little where he spins in your guard and he ends up on bottom. He did it with that fast little spin. Yeah. He's done it with a bunch of other guys. And yeah. so, um, he, yeah, he spins with, he reminds me a little bit of like Gilbert Melendez when he used to do the hula hoop thing, yep. he'd stand up with you on his back and he'd hula hoop you. He kind of does something similar like that, but he does it by holding the wrist control and then he spins in your guard and ends up back on top. Whatever it is. I, I don't, I don't see maybe outside of like an ankle lock, you like, know, you know, he, I, I look at, you know, Olivera's pulled off some great submissions. Yeah. He yeah. pulled off a calf slicer on Eric wisely that I was doing. It was just beautifully set up yeah. and he can do those things, but again, he puts that calf slicer on Chandler. He can sit there with it on. He ain't going to tap. Mm. He's not going to tap. So you've got to figure out a way to stop him with it. You know, it's, it's yeah. certain submissions. You got to be able to put him out. You got to be able to hurt that joint to the point where he can't not, you know, cannot move, cannot use it. It's, it's a hard position to be in. You know, and I, I have all the respect in the world for Charles. He's good. And, you know, congratulations on getting this championship fight. They're just putting you against a guy who is new to the UFC that I know that everyone said, oh, he sucks. Now you'll know. <laughs> now you'll know. So everyone that was talking, go ahead. You know, just talk about <laughs> he, oh, he fights for someone else. He sucks. Oh. Yep, I'm always wrong. I'm wrong yeah. sometimes. I admit it, but I ain't wrong about it. He's a good fighter, man. He's a, he's yeah. a stud. So. Yeah, I just – I. It's when we're talking the comparisons of the guys like Khabib, to me, Khabib would beat him. Khabib you know, would be Chandler. No he doubt. Chandler, you know, um, Khabib's at a different level right now than everybody else. You know, the lightweight division. Yeah. But and I we, think Michael, I think Michael Chandler, though, is number he's number two. In that, and, and, and I think him and Dustin Poirier would make a great fight. Dude, I, that, that's a game absolutely fight. phenomenal. Give yeah, fight. It's a pick him, pick him, pick him, yep. pick him fight. Yep. Like you know, I, Dust, I give Dustin ch- could definitely beat Michael, but Michael could beat Dustin. Yeah. Whoever gets could to be. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think the longer the fight goes, I think the more it favors Dustin. So do I, obviously the shorter the fight, shorter the fight favors, favors Chandler, but Dustin does, he is available to get hit as well. And like I said, you don't want to be hit a whole lot. Takes a lot of Chandler. damage, takes a lot of damage yeah. time, but he does have the, you know, the leg talking about, you know, the, the calf kick that he uses everybody yep. at ATT does that yeah uh, and he's really good with it so he could have some you know uh, success against Chandler by getting that going early but that's a to me that's a pick em fight either guy can win that it's that's what makes you want to see it do you think people will finally start giving other fighters uh credit no. in other organizations <laughs> no. absolutely not because people are not the, the, this is the problem with the sport of MMA and I'm just going to say it the way the truth it's the only sport it, it's no different than it's not Francis Ngannou versus the champion Stipe Miocic coming up next week March 27th 
You don't hear that. What yeah. do you hear? You hear, oh, it is UFC 260. First thing you hear. Because that's what the UFC has done since really, and I'm not going to say at the exact time that Zupa bought it because they thought that they were going to promote stars and then they started having problems and realized, oh, now I know why the old UFC used to, used to promote the UFC. Yeah. We own it. We can control it. I don't blame them. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's the difference is they've been so good at marketing their product that people look and they watch the UFC. They don't watch MMA. And so if yeah. somebody is not in the UFC, that means that they're not good. It's ridiculous and it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but that's the way a lot of people look at it. And Hey, if that's the way, you know, you guys want to look at it and say, Oh, if you're not in the UFC or, you know, John, you don't know anything. You're right. I don't know anything. I've just been all over the world and I've been around so many fighters. I think I know which ones are good. And some of them fight in the UFC. Some of them fight outside of the UFC. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I just look at it like Chandler's what, 33, 34 years old. 34. He's pretty, he's pretty much towards the end of his career and he's over there fighting for the UFC title. So he must have been pretty good at some point in his time. I mean, you know, the UFC is taking like, you know, I, I mean, people, because all people will say is like, oh, Bellator is always signing all the old UFC fighters. Well, I guess UFC is now signing all the old Bellator fighters. So it's, <laughs> look, it's a revolving door for all of them, you know. It is, um, it's, I, I, but that's I good want. because it, that is where, yes. if you're a fighter, you have yep. said it how many times? Josh, go find out your value. Yep, that's exactly. what you need to do and if yeah. they're going to pay you more money go to them that's the way yeah. it should be yep go yeah because whoever at the end of the day this career is not going to last forever so they have to start learning that and understanding that michael chandler did you know and they, they decided not to match his contract and then they let him go and but then when they uh even chandler came out and said like my last words with with scott coker was scott coker said go win that title like yeah. there's, there's a mutual, there's a mutual support and respect. And it's like, Hey, you know, you've been with Bellator for a long time. We're happy to see you go somewhere else. And, and hopefully you'll have success there. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think he's one, he's, he's one fight away from becoming the champion. So be the this second, is crazy. The, that's that, that that's crazy to me. You'd be the second, what, uh, Bellator lightweight to do that. Cause Eddie Alvarez did it when he beat junior. I mean, yeah. uh, Rafael, RDA. RDA. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could uh, say no All right. What else you? Uh, the so funny what, part so is we, we, we were just talking about Justin Gaethje and Chandler yeah. last week. That fell apart fast. Yeah. Something yeah, happened. Justin come on. He just said he woke up and was expecting to fight, you know, a bout agreement to, to fight Michael Chandler, had some sparring, and then he sees that, he, that he's no longer in the fight. I mean, no communication nothing like that's a, that's a little weird it's a little strange yeah it's really and you strange. would think because he you would think it'd be him because he's he was the number one guy but he's since what because he's coming off of a loss maybe i i believe that's exactly what it is and so, I say it's so hard, then where does that put it is hard to put somebody into a title fight when they're coming off a loss it's not that it hasn't been done but it's just not an easy thing for a promotion to do you got to get that win back that's the way they look at it. So, John, is, is Khabib really retired? No. 
Thank you. <laughs> Just being honest, dude. There, I there's, I don't a, think he is on there. there's a beautiful picture of Habib and Lorenzo Fertitta that was recently put out. True? Did you see yes, it? Yes, yes, there was. Okay. Yep. Now, all right, here I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ripped again, but I'm just going to speak the truth because, see, I worked for those people, and I worked for Lorenzo Fertitta, and I worked for Dana White, and I know the truth about who made the UFC so successful. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Dana. Dana did his job. Mm -hmm. But when you were looking at Lorenzo Fertitta, you were looking at the brains of who was doing things inside the UFC, who was making the decisions. Dana listened to Lorenzo, and when Lorenzo said, Dana, I want you to go do this, Dana went and did it, and he was good at doing it, and that was his job. But Lorenzo Fertitta was the guy who has always been the brains behind everything and he was the guy when dana could not get something done it was always lorenzo that would step in talk to the fighter have him for dinner and all of a sudden that fighter was now fighting him again because he just has a different personality he is a businessman he is he's got no ego when it comes to this stuff he just sits there and talks to you like a man and he'll say things that scare the hell out of you I'm just going to say you know, that's just the truth, but he's just relaying the truth as it is to him and what he's looking yeah. at and what he can do and what he expects of you to do. And when you see that picture of, you know, Nurmagomedov and Fertitta, it's telling you, yeah, he may be giving up the lightweight title and he's not going to fight for a little bit, but they've already got it planned. He's going to be fighting yeah. again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the GSP fight. I, I that's be. the only fight. That's the only fight that his dad wanted him to do. Um, he wanted the, him to finish thirty and zero, and it makes sense. And everyone's like, "Oh, but why? You know, like why would I want to see a forty-year-old GSP?" And like, and they're like, "Ah, oh, he didn't look that great in his last performance." GSP went up, in, <laughs> uh, and to, to and to put on that amount of weight and fight a current champion in Michael Bisping, th that says a lot. And then he'd been out for what four years. Yeah. Three, three or four years yeah. he'd been out for a long time and they come back and win a title and, and a weight class above and now talk is well, this one obviously won't be for the title because khabib doesn't have a title but i'm imagining it's going to be at a catch weight but it couldn't be at, a title. be at a title it could have been a title anyways and that's the whole reason why you're seeing yeah. what you're seeing and you're seeing that okay khabib is retired yeah okay dana white has come out and said yeah he's 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 retired you know we're you know having the the lightweight, you know, matchup between Oliveira and Chandler. It's all because he couldn't fight GSP at 155 because GSP can't make 155. He knows and I wouldn't want to see GSP make him. 155. No, he knows. I wouldn't want to see him fight. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be at a catch weight, maybe 165 somewhere in there. You know, yeah. they may they may have it where GSP comes out of his weight class, normal weight class of welterweight, and comes down, and Khabib comes up. But I, I do believe that's going to be the fight. I think that's going to happen. It's been talked about. You know, you and I talked about it with people that we have spoken with. It's, things were in the works. I look at it and I go, I really don't. I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. I definitely yeah, will I be agree. watching, but yeah. I do think I know what's going to happen in that fight, and I don't want to see that. Well, let me ask you this. I don't want to see either one lose. So, How's that? 
Yeah, I can be okay with that. I like both of them. Um, I I want to know though, what do you think? Does it do over 2.5 million views? Pay-per-view buys. Yes. It does. That's what I thought. I was thinking, I was thinking between two six, two six and three. You'll get half of those. You get half of those in Canada. Yeah, exactly. And I and I, I was trying to think also too, like in it, it depends who else is on that card, but I think so. I think I think that's what you get. You get that. Yeah. I, well, they, they would stack that card anyways, just based upon you would think fight. they'd put at least you know two other big fights in there. So it's gonna be you know that's you know one of those that's that's an event. Mm-hmm. That's one that you say you know oh that's one you want to be at. So yeah, that's uh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's neat. Is I think you figure you put that fight with like uh with like a Max Holloway fight on there, you know, and uh, I don't know. Give me somebody else. Give me another uh, third fight that you could stack on there and make it a good one. I think in that one you could take and uh, you would put something like, yeah, I don't, it depends on the the length of time, but mm-hmm. you could put like a Dominic Cruz versus a uh, Jose Jose Aldo. That's mm-hmm. a good fight for that kind of uh, thing, or yeah. or a Dominic Cruz versus a Frankie Edgar kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. You know, kind of a legend yeah. thing. You're look because you're stacking up legends. You got legends in GSP and mm-hmm. Khabib. You got legends in Dominic, Frankie. I think you you just try to bring a legends, you know, roster down fights that may may not be for the title, but everyone's always wanted to see. Yes. Good call. Yeah, I think it breaks 2.5. So I, I, I'm more towards like the 2.6, 2.7, but I think somewhere in there. So who knows? I guess we'll see. We'll see when the fight happens, if it does happen. I I, I, I believe that it will. It happens here shortly. You, would, you wouldn't have I, right now. You wouldn't have had Khabib sitting there next to Dana if he was gone. Okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. Come on. Get a clue. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for him and uh, see if he can get to 30 and 0. And I'm excited for GSP. Awesome, man. Like he loves challenges. And I think he sees Khabib is obviously a, a real big challenge in terms of the wrestling, the stand up, everything. So, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to be at 165, 170. What, what, like, you know, it's not easy for a guy, you know, like GSP to, to who, had fought at 185, but probably weighed in at 185 yeah. and probably walked around at 185. You know what I mean? Or 186, 87. Um, and then now having to cut down to either, even to cut back down to 170. That's probably going to be like, it's not, it's not going to be the easiest thing for a 40 year old to do. And then have to be able to have the conditioning to go all five rounds. If it has to go five rounds, we saw how much he slowed down in the BS in the Bisping fight. Yep. And was, I was wondering if that was because of the weight he put on. Or is it just because you're 40, you know, you're 38, 39, whatever. I, I've been there. I understand. Like, it just didn't seem like you had the same type of conditioning, you know, in rounds three and four and five. So I don't know. I, I, but I am excited to see the fight. But like you, like, like you said, I'm not excited to see a fight. I know. You, it's want, like, you, you like both of them. I want to see it, but I don't want to see anyone lose. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see Habib lose. And I definitely don't want to see George lose. So, you know, it's one of those. It's a rough one, but. It's only a fight. Yeah. It's no big deal. <laughs> the biggest pay-per-view numbers, though, are 2.4. That's the biggest one, right? That's Connor and Khabib? Yes. 
They did two two point four. I think I think it does two two six two five two six. I think it beats that. I think it beats it too. All right, I'm glad we agree. Scary, scary, <laughs> isn't it? What else you got for us? Um, so TJ Dillashaw's return is against Corey Sanhagen, and, yeah. and then Cody Garbrandt is also uh, fighting a bantamweight against Rob Font and me. Ooh, Rob Font. Mm. Oof, oof. That's a banger. Uh, Rob Font's, yeah, Rob Font's. Uh, just as long as Cody just learns, to, just keeps his composure. He doesn't get like he how he fought a sunset where he just kind of. He lets the fight develop. He doesn't get into those slug matches. Uses his speed and his accuracy and his power to just do what he did against the Sunset. Do the same thing if he can. Yeah. Rob Font is fast. Rob Font is good. Um, I, I'm excited. That, that's that's a no. I know, but it should be a damn good fight, though. Oh God, it Thank should you. be a damn good fight. Um, but what was the other one, Dave? Uh, T.G. Dellashaw is returning against Cody Sanhagen. Not a good return for TJ. Got to come back and jump in the fire, baby. Yeah. Corey Sanhagen, since his loss to Aljo, has been on fire. And TJ Dillashaw is going to take that on. Ooh. That's not a good fight for him. Well, I think, yeah, the, the height. The height and length. But, the you height know, and look the length. At TJ, TJ came from a wrestling background. He can wrestle, and he doesn't have to get into a stand-up war, you know, if you, if you utilize that wrestling since it's MMA and you take him down in the beginning of the fight and you work on him a little bit and slow him down and take away some of those tools, different fight. TJ Dillashaw <laughs> is not going to do that. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw dips his head when he throws his punches. He does the little overhand right, the overhand left, whatever it is. He comes up at angles. He's going to dip right into a knee. I mean... It's it's there. It's there. The put the the up kick, the not up kick, but the uh the push kick, the tip kick, all that stuff to the face or to the body, to then to the knees. I mean, Corey Sanhagen's tight technically on the feet. Um, I mean, uh, TJ's gonna have to really mix it up without getting kneed in the face for five rounds. Uh, tough fight. Tough fight. We'll see. What two two years off now? He's been off for two two and a half years. Two years. Yeah, crazy, insane. But hey, good fights though. That's a good good fight now. A good fight announcements. What else you got for us? So I don't know if you guys saw this story. Um, it was it just came out earlier in the week there. And um, Patricio had you know kind of got up. To, yeah, he was ranked twenty first at featherweight. And- <laughs> well, I. Well, <sighs> think i'm not positive i could definitely be wrong in this but i think tapology as a website they don't make their own rankings they let the fans rank people i think the fans are the ones that rank the tapology list and so you can go there and you'll you'll see all kinds of ones you go what okay i'm trying to read this day so yeah, let's see i'm to find patricio's uh, comment specifically but i think it was in an in, 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 Let's see. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not. He, he's not twenty first. Tell you that. <laughs> um, Patricio needs. Where do you to have work, him? Not worry. Not worry about tapology. He's got a guy in Emmanuel Sanchez. That's the guy he's yeah. got to worry about right now. 
that's just the way I look at it. He's got a tough fight mm-hmm. because Sanchez is the real deal. There's yeah, things that Pitbull definitely has his advantages in the fight. He's got the power, you know, in the fight. Uh, yeah. Grappling wise, he's got he's the got wrestling, the, he's, he's got, got the, the strength. Power. He's got the strength as far as you know everything, but volume wise and a gas tank and a guy that's gonna be there and is tougher than six kinds of freaking hell, man. Manuel Sanchez, he is a junkyard dog who's got skill. He's going to be there. And they, they already had one fight. It went to five rounds. Sanchez learned something there. Pitbull got the win, but that was a one-round fight. Yeah. Whoever won that last round. So uh, he's got a good one coming up. You know, To me, you know, when fighters are looking at rankings like this, what are you doing? Don't you know where yeah. you know where I know, but you, you want you I think for him, right? He's never gotten the respect he deserved. Okay. And I, I think he's just that. now now him just getting through this featherweight tournament and, and becoming the champion. He's got AJ. If he gets past me Sanchez, he has another guy that everyone continues to, to crown the king who's not who's not the king yet. Yeah, but he'll you never get the like, credit. He'll never get the credit. Not, if he beat AJ, he won't get he credit won't get for credit beating anybody. No. Because, you know, look at, let's be honest. AJ McKee is the freaking featherweight John Jones. Yeah. Just being honest. Okay. He's got that kind of skill set. He's good everywhere. But if Patricio Pitbull beats him, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way people oh, he wasn't. Be. He wasn't as, yeah, he's, he wasn't as good as everyone made him out to be. Yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah. It's just, it's oh, it's horrible, man. I feel bad for him because you know he's been the champion, and everybody that he's ever lost to, with the outside of Joe Warren, uh, he's mm-hmm. come back and beat. Correct? I mean, he's he's yep. beat everybody else that he's lost to. He's redeemed yep. all of his losses. Yep. And so, very much like Marvin Hagler, baby. We're yeah. About and so, that. Like when you're when you're special. having this when you're having this conversation about if he look, I I don't care where you put him as long as it's in the top three. He's intermixed in that top three. There's yeah. Patricio, Max, Volkanovsky, and I'll even add Brian Ortega in there. Yeah, those four guys, those four guys, you can interchange them all you want. I'm not going to get mad. No. But to say that he's not in the top four or five, you're fucking, yeah. you're, you're just, no, absolutely not. I would put AJ yeah. McKee at number in that mix there too. So if you put McKee, Patricio, Max, uh, Ortega, Ortega, and Volkanovsky, yeah. That's your five. That's your five. And I'll, I'm a, I'll walk away. Even if you have them at four and five, I'll be like, okay, whatever. I get it. Your UFC bias, but I, I would understand. I'd be like, you know what? Because they never fought stylistically styles, make matchups. They're all interchangeable though. You know? Um, but here's the, here's I, the I, thing. I, hey, hold on. He's got a thing. tough fight in Emmanuel Sanchez. Hold on. Where is Michael Chandler ranked right now? Number four. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that what he's ranked? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think so. Before he went to the UFC, what was he ranked? We'll say at Tapology. I don't even know. Probably somewhere, somewhere in the twenties. Yeah. So, what did is he all of a sudden one, that much better fighter now? No. One one fight. One fight. He's actually yeah. One it's, fight put him from the twentieth to the sixth. Yeah. So weird. Took him from you know somewhere in the twenties, thirties where he was ranked, and now he's number four or whatever. Come on. You know, yeah, this is where I it's you, you, can't, you can't let these things bother you if you're the fighter. You know, you know where you belong. Patricio absolutely belongs as one of the top featherweights in the world. He's proved himself too many times. 
Yep. I would agree. What else you got for us, Dave? Uh, last piece of news over here is Israel basically confirming that Darren Till's next if he can beat Marvin. <laughs> I like how Israel is guaranteeing that Till is next when Till's got a fight coming up that he can lose. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like that Izzy's trying to be the matchmaker, but exactly. in reality, we all know how that we all know that's not how it works. <laughs> so I mean I, I understand. I understand that like it, it does make sense because Darren Till is somebody that motivates Izzy. Like, hey, yeah. this is a guy that he the way he talks, the way he fights, all those things, they motivate it motivates me. And as a fighter, when you've been the champion, you've had so much success that it, that's what you need. You need people to motivate you. That was a big reason why I think he went up to to fight Yablok Bohovic. It's like it's motivation. It gives something something to drive him to continue to continue to get better. And so I think that him saying Darren Till motivates him, it's one of those fights like for the UFC's benefit. We'd be like, yeah, let's give it to him. Let's yeah. just give him Darren Till. Darren Till wins. Let's do it because that we're keeping our champion happy. That's one and two is if it motivates him, we may get a very damn good fight out of this. You know what I mean? So there's no reason not to give it to him. Um, and plus, Dar- Darren Till's a walking promotion himself. You know, the way he is on social media, the way he is. Uh, he's he's just a walking billboard of just doing everything he can to make the, the, the UFC and his fights so much more fan entertaining. I love it. Uh, he, 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 I love he, One time when he put out on a Instagram you know, streaming, and he put mm-hmm. this picture of a stream out. <laughs> the UFC was upset about people stealing, you know, their stream and he puts yeah. this picture of a stream with there. He goes, I hope nobody steals this. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a great sense of humor, man. He does. He uh, does, man. I love can it. fight too, you know, so it's not an easy, you know, he, the guy he's fighting in uh, Vittori, that's going to be a good fight. You know, it's, there's no guarantee that he wins that. Uh, it might be that Israel might have a rematch with a, with a certain Italian guy. Not saying that's mm. going to happen, but it's a tough fight between the two yeah we'll see i'm excited we got a lot of good fights coming up man bellator's coming back the first week of april we've got three fights in a row three weeks of fights in a row which i love so we're going to be busy ourselves and um the cards are just stacked and i can't wait to watch them can't wait to watch all these fights we've lost i think we've already lost one or two fights over covid so that's but we'll get it all figured out but still i'm excited i'm pumped i'm pumped for the whole thing uh what else you got is that it yeah, that was Austin News, yeah. What's that? That was the <laughs> that was the last of the news. I didn't understand anything you just That's said. There's a lot of the news, huh? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> oh man. I do think one of you know one of the things we need to talk about coming up is Bellator is back, and you do have Patricio against a man. Great fight, but you also have Habib's brother. Uzman yep. Nurmagomedov, his actual brother, not Uman. No, it's his. It's his cousin. It's his cousin. <laughs> it's his cousin. How the hell they yeah. come up with these things? I know but his I cousin know. Uzman, who's undefeated. Yeah, he's fighting Mike Hamill in that, so he's someone that people will want to watch. He's good. Eleven and zero. Mike Hamill. Mike Hamill is a fun fight too. Oh my god, man! He came out and fought Adam Fortune on a couple days' notice, and he put on one hell of a fight. Awesome fight. Awesome fight. Yeah, it's going to be good. Usman's good. Usman is really good. He's got a different style of stand-up. It's more of that kind of Taekwondo style. He's almost like Umar, little Umar. 
he kind of fights a little bit like him, you know, yeah. on the feet. Got good wrestling, obviously. They've got they come they come from you know, Khabib's uh, father's, you know, gym and academy and everything. So yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal fighters. Um, it should be a fun, should be a fun fight. The other title. What else fight you got there, John? Coming up, they got a couple. We got a couple title fights, but that bantamweight between Archuleta and Pettis. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a good fight. That's I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's gonna be a good fight, but I, I don't know. I think Pettis Pettis has gotten so much better. Oh, he's good. Um and at 135, know, he's, he's way better than he was at 125. Yeah, he just he's like he, I'm feeling he's like I'm feeling into my body. I'm feeling like I feel yeah. a lot more comfortable here. I'm not killing myself to make the weight. He's like, it was he's like he was so happy that he actually came to Bellator. He's like, man, it's just so much better because like I don't have to worry about whether the weather division is going to be around anymore, if he stayed there at 125, he wanted to stay at 135, and he's like, I, it just it made sense. And then the, the 135 pound division is getting stacked, you know, and uh, a lot of the big fights to be announced for that weight class as well. You got Patchy Mix fighting um, James Gallagher, yep. you know, um, and then you've got some other guys that are be coming up as well. I cannot wait. You got Magomed Magomedov. He's fighting up uh, April 2nd, I believe. So there's a lot of good good fights at 135 in Bellator. Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for this bracket. I can't wait for these first round of the brackets to happen as well. So for the um, light heavyweight world Grand Prix for Bellator should be just fun. Look, this is, this goes into that whole conversation. People continue to say like, oh, well, you guys signed, you know, the, the older UFC guys, but everyone was so happy, right? That we were able to sign Yoel and, and put him against Anthony Johnson. That's like, because that's, it's a fight I, people want to see. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand. But then, like, now people, they're criticizing that because we signed them, we signed them that they're older. And I'm like, <laughs> well, did you guys, do you guys want to see this fucking fight or not? You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't, they've got to fight somewhere, you know? And it's like, this is a really good fight. Don't tell me, like, with Romero's, uh, with Yoel's uh, wrestling and the power he possesses, if he gets on top of you and on the feet as well, and then AJ's power, I mean, the whole thing is a, is a toss, you know, like you don't know who's going to win. It's whoever gets to, I think whoever's chin first, That's it. you know? So, and then I want to see, I want to see how Nemkov fares, you know, Phil Davis knows, knows him already, knows his style, knows how to probably beat him, knows what he has to do to beat him, but can he do it? Yeah, Nemkov, Nemkov knows come, what he has to do to beat Davis too. Exactly. But then Nemkov also riding on cloud nine right now, after that performance over Bay, you know, to win the title. So, confidence is key. We said, I've, <laughs> we said this forever is that if you're that confident in where you're at, I mean, it just makes sense. Corey Anderson to me is the dark horse in this whole situation, you know, cause of his wrestling pedigree, you know, him. Uh, I mean, he, he would have a hard time with Romero based on the fact that I don't think he'd be able to take you all down, you know, so he'd have to, he'd be forced to stand a little bit with you all. Uh, but outside of that, I think Corey Anderson, he's for somehow has, has been lost in this whole mix. You know, um, I don't think so. I, I think people I are not giving him the win his side. Yeah, I think he will as good. well. I think he will. Yeah. It's so. a, it's going to be a good tournament. It's going to be fun. That's the best. I'm part. excited. Yeah. yeah, it will be fun. Did you hear that Polly Malinaji made statements about Ben Askren? Oh yeah. What yes. did he say? Polly Malinaji said that Ben Askren has no right to call himself a fighter anymore. That anybody that got knocked out the way that he did cannot say they're a fighter. 
Polly Malignaggi is trying to find a headline somewhere. And when you become that level of douchebag, because Polly, you lost a boxing match to an MMA fighter in bare knuckle boxing. Shut up. And, <laughs> and, and not even was it was was he it was Artem Lobov. As, I know, but was he even ranked as, a, as an MMA fighter? Lobov? No, never. I think he's got basically a 500. Artem is the guy that goes out there to either knock you out or get knocked out. Yeah. But probably a 500 record overall, somewhere close, you know, horrible. And, uh, and and I'm telling you right now, first off, I'm not going to say, um, (laughs) the officiating of that fight between Art Loboff and Polly Malignaggi for bare knuckle boxing was atrocious because they officiated it not under the rules of bare-knuckle boxing. They did it basically like it was a boxing match to try to give an advantage to one motherfucker, okay, (laughs) being this Malignaggi, and he still lost because, oh, his hands. He hurt his hands. Oh, you you can't call yourself a fighter anymore. You lost to a guy that is an MMA fighter in what you supposedly were a world champion. Shut up! Not even a and not even a good MMA fighter. I mean, like yeah. tough. Don't worry, he's tough. But oh, tough as hell. Thirteen wins, fifteen losses. Fifteen losses. And one mm-hmm. of the. I mean, I mean, he's got a win over you, a former world champion. <laughs> yeah, that's it, baby. He does. So, Way to go, Artem. Love you, brother. Man. Huh. All right. Well, hey. Um. We've done this obviously remotely. This is the first time I've been remote. You've been. Rem- you're at home, but I'm not. I'm not remote. Home, or remote, what kind of remote <laughs> podcast. Dave is in the studio holding it down over there for us. But, um, but yeah, so uh, go to progressantees.com slash Wayne in, and our promo code is 100k because we're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers before we get to April 1st, which is not looking good. We've kind of kind of plateaued a little bit. I think we're at like 93 somewhere in there now. So we were, I don't even, we were I don't doing, even know what a plateau um, is no such oh, thing man. as the plateau plateau constantly climbing josh constantly, constantly okay, climbing. okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'll take your word for it 100k for that pro wrestling uh slash weighing in 100k is the promo code check that out we've got a plethora of shirts big word for me um you know check it out and see what you guys like and pick one up john anything else i only have one thing to say josh it was good seeing you in that hotel room you look really good there that's a hell of a background. No gold frames. I know. I really enjoyed it. No. <laughs> you would think in these hotels, right, that they would have like more plugged places, but they don't have pl- they have like one plug in like one against the damn. Yeah, you're either the in, the, in the dark in the dark because you have to unplug yeah. the lamp. I, know. I actually had to move the lamp. I actually had to move the lamp down to where this table is because it was the only table that I had that I could attach my Shermark to. So. <laughs> I was like, ah, well, enjoy yourself up there. Have a good time. And to everybody else out there, thank you for listening to the Wing In Podcast, and we will see you.